You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. He was born of a humble family, yet married the daughter of a king. He could trade words with the finest of philosophers and had an impressive memory, nearly as good even as my own. Yet he was not argumentative. He wasn't good at arguing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> chapter 21 and 22. I guess we'll just keep that one in. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. So chapter 21, 22, right? Um, Let's go ahead and just go dive straight into it. We have a pretty small episode or chapter in the first one. We ended last chapter with someone arriving from Set's group seeking asylum, and it turns out that uh, Ham jokingly guessed it correct. It is Set's daughter, and she's looking for Breeze. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so Set's daughter. She looks, I think someone mentioned she looks to be about 18 years old. Uh, Breeze is like super embarrassed by this. And I want to say the name is Oriane. Yeah. It's, Oriane. It, they keep pronouncing Oriane, but it's spelled it's, like Arian, Arian. Yeah, yeah it's spelled it's like French. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, her name's Oriane. She left without Seth's permission. She came calling for Breeze and she calls Breeze Breezy. <laughs> okay. And uh, she wants, you know, essentially... She wants to betray Set because she loves Breeze. I mean, I don't think she comes straight out and says love, but you can just see it in the way she's acting. It's a pretty strong infatuation. Yeah, and so Ellen is like, all right, how about you think that over? How about you think that whole betraying your father thing over and go take a bath and chill out for a little bit? And then once she leaves, everyone bursts out laughing and starts, again, it's roast Breeze hour, and everyone just leans into it. And, you know, he tells her, you know, or he tells everyone, I, her affection is completely misplaced. Um, it's not what y'all think. And Vin comes in and is like, who's the girl? Gets the explanation and just straight up comes down and goes, Breeze, you're freaking old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're gross. And she's like, he's like, there's nothing there. He's nothing there. And then he hits a little bit of a sore spot. He comes back in hard at Vin. He's like, oh, is this any different from when you were all chasing kelsier oh yeah and ellen's like oh I, I need to hear this and ellen like perks up and starts listening and you know vin, vin pushes it off and i and i believe her yeah. you know she's like i was i was interested in kelsier a little bit in the very beginning but that quickly faded and went to father figure and breeze is just like breeze is really just trying to get the attention off himself right now and he's trying to push it on to vin but um yeah Doxin wants to use her as a hostage. Ham wants to let her stay, not as a hostage. And Breeze is like, hey, listen, like, you can tell Breeze cares for the girl because mm -hmm. Breeze is championing, why don't we just honor what she said? She wants asylum. Why don't we just give it to her and not use her as a hostage? And uh, Ellen's like, we're going to go with that one for now. And we have that moment finally where Tendwell's um, teaching is coming in because he's like i'm the best they have i'm gonna make this decision he makes the decision and that's the end of chapter 21 all right so chapter 22 this was an intense one. Oh, chapter 22 yeah it is a bit much it's a bit much um okay so so the mist right vin sees the mist as something being more consistent than the sun 
more powerful than the storms. Everything is surrounded by the mist, and it used to be her refuge, right? And now she's sitting here going, I'm not even safe in the mist, because she's thinking about the mist spirit. She's thinking about her interactions within the past. Now she has to watch her back, even in the mist. And to her, that's pretty big. That's changing. And we get this theme again, right? If we go back to book one, we have the theme of she's always she was scared of what's going to happen after the job is done. What's going to happen after the job is done? She hates change. She hates change. She's getting hit with it again. The mist are no longer her friends. It's bad. She has to watch her back in it. Ellen is changing. Can she even protect Ellen? You know, what am I like? She just is having this big moment again of hating change and it's coming for her again. Um, but Ven is stalking him and she sets up an ambush for him where Orsir comes running out, barking, scares, scares the, the crud out of him. And she jumps down and she does it because she wants to see if he will burn pewter. And he does reflectively, reflexively. Right. And so she's able to scratch him off the potential spy list, which is good to know. It's good to know that Ellen's captain of the bodyguards is not uh, a spy. So he's not the imposter, and Vin is telling, you know, they're just talking, and she doesn't let him know why she scared him. She just was like, hey, you know, I scared you, haha. And she, But she goes, I have something serious to tell you, Ham. Like, I'm out of ATM. And so, do you have any tips on how to fight a Mistborn with, without, with ATM without having it yourself? And essentially, Ham's like, overwhelm the Mistborn and put them into a situation where they literally have no way of getting out of it. Even, you know, all futures lead, you know, instead of Dr. Strange holding up one, he's holding up a big fat zero. It's mm-hmm. over. Um, and then the other one is kill him before he uses it. <laughs> it's yep. like catch him off guard and kill him before he uses it. Essentially, you're stuck. And Vin's like, thanks, Ham, you suck. And, <laughs> and just decides to to leave. Right. And so she leaves that and she's talking to Orsur and she's like, Orsur, you never really answered this question, you know. Can Chandra, you said that like when they take over a body, you know, they can't, they don't become an Alamancer. Can Chandra just be Alamancers? And Orsur just doesn't answer. He doesn't answer and she's kind of like iffy on it. And he eventually goes, oh, if you find someone burning a metal, it is not the imposter. And he like, re- like says it, but really doesn't want to. So it doesn't answer a question come, like directly. But basically he's saying, like, listen, you know, Ham was burning it. It's impossible. He's not the spy. So we kind of get this look into, okay, we have confirmed it too. Chondras cannot be Alamancers. Or use Alamancy. Yeah, yeah. Just in general. So that's good to know. But Orsur, by giving up this information, decides he's going to go hard on Vin now. And he just says, like, so can you tell me why you hate me? And Vin's like, you hate Kelsier. And Orsur's like... If you want to command me to believe that, sure. I mean, so this is a really, really, you know, interesting um, interaction they end up having. It ends up being, so she said, she said, admits that like, it's more than that. It's, you knew that Kelsier was, you know, going to kill himself and you could have told us we could have done something about it. You just didn't do it. And he essentially says like, I by the contract, I'm stuck. Like, I can't just do what I want. Like, this is, this is a serious deal. And this is the point when Vin realizes, you know, she's been too hard on him. Like, there's more to this than, you know, than, you know, what she was, you know, being petty about. And it go, it takes kind of a sharp turn because Orsur's still being very standoffish. And so Vin just tries to relate to him by saying, look, 
you know, we're pretty, people are pretty bad themselves and explains to him that, um, she's been, had a lot of reason to be like being standoffish and hide and how like sometimes you can be really competent and the people that are above you will resent you for that and they'll see you as dangerous and they'll be scared of you. And Orsura starts saying, kind of saying like, yeah, actually that that's very relatable. And people are, are scared of silly things like thinking they're going to, I'm going to eat them and things like that. And then it gets even worse. And she says, and they, you know, they hold their power over you and they beat you, which we know happened to Ven. And Orsura essentially confirms like, yeah, Condra are beaten and they're like, they're tortured. There it's as he said, it's all the sadism with none of the con none of the consequences. Yeah, well like what you know, what's holding them back when they know they can beat you to death and you could be serving them coffee the next morning? It's um it's really, really intense, you know, understanding and it, it makes again, this is one of those like dark pieces of world building that make perfect sense. Um mm -hmm. and uh kinda like when we talked about how the women's skull were treated in book one. Right. Um, and it makes, it makes Vin realize like, yeah, these, you know, he's felt, he's felt pain. He's had a hard time too. And they really just start kind of gelling with each other. And then we learn more about Condra in their history and what happened, um, how they tried to meld into human society. They tried at one point to just blend in and they were found out and they were almost wiped out because everyone would hunt them down. And he said, like, no one's ever going to, no person is ever going to see me as anything other than a monster. I'm literally used as a folktale for children to scare them at the night of the mystery. So I'll go in and take someone's face and pretend to be them, even though that's not who we are. And this is like, a, you could tell, like, Orser's being really, really vulnerable here. Um, he's been, been nothing but cagey and standoffish from Ven up until now. And it's just, you know, he and Ven are really starting to gel today to, to hear like they, they actually understand each other. Yeah. Like a big point, a big thing you pointed out with the beatings and stuff is Orsir like it's like Vin's trying to get that bond with him. And Orsir is always countering with, well, you don't understand this. And like Vin even goes, well, I'm pretty sure Cayman beat me harder than anyone else would because he knew I could burn pewter, which means he knew he could get away with beating me more than the average person. And it was just that moment where it was just like, you know, shot for shot. Orsi was like, oh, man, she went through basically the same thing I've gone through my entire, you know, time serving. And like you said, they come out with this moment together and Vin apologizes. You know, and says, like, you can accept it or you can't, but I want you to know it's genuine. And, you know, if you want, I'll let you out of your contract. And Orsi is like, you're not the worst person. And I'd rather stay because without a contract, I have to go get another one anyway. I'm not, I have to serve, I think it was like for 10 years before I'm allowed to rest for two. And when I'm, when I'm allowed to rest, I can't leave the Chondra homeland. So we, we learn a lot about Chondra here, yeah. like a, a whole ton. And Vin again has this moment of, am I a good person? Am I bad? Or am I just here to kill things? Because again, she's like, I know Ellen doesn't want this, but if it were up to me, I would go assassinate the Kings right now. I'd go kill Straff. I'd go kill Set right now before the night was done. I think she said like it was almost like Reen was saying it to her or not saying it to her, I but like a, an impression that he would have. I made a note here because she actually straight up says Reen's voice. And I'm like, oh, it's still there. We mm -hmm. haven't heard it yet, but it's still there. 
and then she senses this alimantic pulse in the distance. She knows the mist spirit is nearby because she can sense it. And for the first time, Orsir actually alerts Vin to something. Tells her someone's nearby because she wasn't focusing. And so she gets ready and she jumps the person and it says it. And he's here to deliver bad news. And that's the end of chapter 22. So the first the first chapter was, you know, uh, kind of a little bit of a comedic thing. Everyone talks about um, Orian the same way as like um, uh, that girl off like the, the what was it called? Uh, the Princess and the Frog or whatever. The I, I just I tried to look her up in uh, online and I everyone kept using that character as like this is what they imagine them, okay. um, which um you know, imagine being able to share this podcast with people and imagine <laughs> uh, giving us a good rating and letting us everyone know we exist. We're a small project and we hope to be less small in the future. We appreciate everyone who's been following us so far. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, but I mean, it, that kind of like spells out where we are with like breeze and, and what, what, you know, what's, what is gonna, uh, adding on the daughter gonna, you know, do with the dynamics of the other army? I mean, yeah, I'm, <sighs> This could be good or bad, right? Like, she says she wants to portray Set. She says she's here because she's here for Breeze. But all I'm thinking in my head is, oh, gosh, if Breeze is actually fond of this girl and Set knows that, is she not one of the perfect spies to come in? Like, even though they know she came from Set's army, she has Breeze's ear, at least his eye. That's not good. Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's. I mean, I, immediately, you know, a bunch of alarms sus. go up with her. Sus. Pink, sus. Pink is sus. Pink is sus. Um, is that still relevant these days? <laughs> anyway, um, and then you know we have the whole essentially info dump with Orsir and, and Condra, and um, Orsir like you you mentioned um does something different. Before he basically had to be told every single little thing to do. Like uh, Vin actually got onto him about how he didn't even let her know that one of the packages she's been waiting on had been there, and he said, "You never commanded me to do it." So, and he was always like really sassy about it, but this time he did something without being told just, he knew it would be helpful. And so he did it. And that's the thing about Condra, it seems, or at least, or sir is like, if you don't specifically say it one, they're not, they're really not obligated to do anything about it. Um, but they really like, you actually start relating really well to each other here. Um, and I, I'm going to assume this is genuine, you know, we don't know anything about Chandra, uh like what their psychology is like or anything like that we know that they have to mimic people and things like that and he could just be feigning this but i don't think he is because he's already proven like he doesn't want to really talk to vin and he has proven that he's perfectly fine with hiding information and he's also let vin talk she would there are times when she in the in the past previous chapters where vin would just be like you know, this is what I love. This is what I hate, you know, and, and we just kind of start going on about herself. And he let that happen. And she was just about essentially doing that now. And he interjected and started coming in and being like, yeah, I understand that. And I agree. And yeah, you're right. Like life is rough um, and it's really lonely being a Contra. Yeah, I think the saying that really brought this out is in the book, in the book, he says at one point, why do I care? Oh, yeah, he was talking about Kelsier. And she was trying to explain how, like, you could have told us we could have helped him. Did you not care a thing for him? You know, we were all in this together. And like, he's like, it's the contract. I was following the contract. And he goes, but then he does something. Because up to this point, he's always leaned on the contract, right? 
then here he he gets a little mouthy and says, why would I care if one or another master dies? And that's when Vin was able to make the connection. Oh, I never thought of it this way. Like, I'm treating him the same way that I was treated. He has every right to hate me. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he, and you could tell like one of the things we know about counter psychology, at least, is that. Like he was disgusted with being a dog. He was upset about it. He saw it. He saw it as um, an insult. I, I I would say dehumanizing, decondronizing. Decondronizing. Yeah. <laughs> it was um. It, it, he it was beneath him, you know. But he had to do it, and he and so there is at least some sense of pride. There is a sense of being lonely. Um, you know, it seems like Condra think very much like people. Um, like I, human. I, I was gonna I say, I feel like they wouldn't do a very good job if they couldn't. Well, no, but you would think like they could be, you know, like we, we, you can see other things in fiction that are like think very different than people, but yeah. they mimic them very well, right? Very true. And I don't get the sense that he's doing that here, um, because we've seen how he can be annoyed, how he can be defiant, how he can be, you know, all these other things. Um, so unless he's playing a really, really, really good game, I don't think he's like that. And we haven't really seen that something like that from, from Brandon so far. Yeah. So something else I wanted to point out here when we were talking about the history of the Condor, right? He was, he specifically says this, he says, we, we could have risen up, we could have fought, but the thing that stopped us was you had Alamancers. They were way more powerful than they are now. And they were everywhere. And he seems to be very stuck on this idea of Alamancers being the big issue they have to deal with. And so I'm kind of curious, what's that doing along with the whole idea of him going, I don't really want to tell you very much about Alamancy, you know, or like these abilities with Condra and stuff. And he's keeping everything pretty close to his chest. I wonder, you know, what could be there with well, Alamancers specifically. And Vin had even said, he's like, why is Miss, why would Mistborn be a thing? Like he keeps saying Mistborn, like, why would they be a whatever you know but she didn't push him on it because you know he was already opening up right then and there so he didn't she didn't want him to shut up about everything um and then you know the moment we've all been waiting for uh our boy says comes in and uh uh he's got he's actually going to be able to give the information go over from uh the south about what the mists are doing, how the mists are doing, and also hopefully get some more insight on the on the rubbings from Quan. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.